What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And I am so thrilled to be here today after a week off from the radio show so that uh, I could prepare and actually do my Make It Happen event, which took place on Friday. And we had just about 100 women in the room, and it was a wonderful all-day event that was a huge success. So so I'm kind of happy today, and being here with you makes me even happier. So thank you for that. You know, today's show is, is I think, could be really interesting and, and coming from a different perspective. You know, when you think about it, at least when I think about it, I feel like as long as man has been on the earth, it seems that well-being revolves around money, right? Wealth, abundance, having enough, enough of this, enough of that. And I'm sure that even the cavemen had primitive concerns about having enough food, enough shelter, enough protection, enough, 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 right? And, and I wonder, like, why is it such a struggle? Why does money seem to flow so naturally and effortlessly and abundantly into the lives of some while others are in a perpetual cycle of struggle? You know, can it be all in their heads, really? Certified public accountant, certified financial planner, and abundance activist Ellen Rogan is a nationally known expert on living a life of success and prosperity. Through 20 years of being a successful entrepreneur in the financial services industry, Ellen understands that many people have an uneasy and complicated relationship with their money. People undergo great anxiety as well as great joy in their financial lives. And Ellen knows how to help people become great with money. Now, that's if that's a skill or an innate, an innate talent because, you know, people who generally are not comfortable with money and feel like there are shortages have a really, really hard time changing that mindset. But apparently Ellen is pretty good at what she does because she's hired by corporations and women's initiatives and organizations and associations to take that complex area of money and make it really easy. So I'm excited to talk to Ellen Rogan. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. I am so glad to be here, Marla. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You know, Ellen, when I went to your website and I was learning a little bit more about you, I thought, well, this is really interesting. Uh, a CPA, CFP, you know, yeah, let's face it. Usually, you don't hear words like abundance and prosperity coming out of the mouths of accountants. So, tell us a little bit about your background and and uh, how you've come from what most would consider a pretty traditional background into this philosophy that you work with today to help so many to personal prosperity. So, I 
um, have seen that my industry has done a really good job of my industry, the financial services industry, really good job of making money, very left brain, very analytical, and also in a lot of ways complicated. And uh, as a result, there's lots of people that just don't think the same way that think that they are not good with money. And it's, it's really not true. People have all sorts of skills that in a lot of ways just haven't been valued in our industry. And um, the most fascinating thing to me when I work with when I work with people or spoken to groups, is really understanding this, um, what makes some people good with money and other people not. And it's a lot of skills that I don't think are really talked about as much as, not even close to as much as um, being a good asset allocator and being really good with um, numbers and things like that. So it's just fun for me to show people really a different way of, looking at money so that they can truly use it as a force for good in their lives. I mean, the thing that upsets me most is when I see people, and sometimes there are people with lots and lots of money, who are just stressed and miserable, and it doesn't bring them the happiness for themselves or their families or their communities that it could. Yeah, and that's, you know, we talk about the mindset a lot on this show, you know, it's obviously a million dollar mindset, and, you know, we don't educate people, in my opinion, enough that running numbers and saving and investing isn't enough. I mean, it's great, it's great if you can do that, but the mindset of lack can really, really injure the flow of, of money into into the lives of, of people and can also cause a lot of stress and even illness. So, but that mindset comes from somewhere. You know, I know I was re- raised by depression era um, parents and there was that lack and that fear. How do you help people to, to change that sort of, I guess you say almost inbred mindset? Yeah, well, some of them are is to start with realizing that it does make a difference for people. Because I think that many, many people are unconscious to the fact that how they think and what they say about their money actually makes a difference in what shows up in their lives. And it makes a huge difference in what shows up in their lives. And uh, it may be in terms of bringing money into their lives or, or having it work well for them. It's said that we develop our attitudes and beliefs about money, our subconscious beliefs, from conception to age seven. So already, as adults, we're operating out of this unconscious world. Oh, and the other part, this is from Bruce Lipton, who wrote an amazing book called The Biology of Belief. And what he says is that we operate 95% of the time out of our subconscious. So here we are, especially in the world of money, thinking that we're supposed to be rational and we make good decisions, and sometimes we do, but I think everybody listening can think of a situation where they have been irrational or they know someone that's been irrational and made a decision that really doesn't make any sense with it when it comes to money. And that's because we're operating out of these beliefs that we, we gained when we were even little teeny kids that we're not even aware of. So sometimes it comes from what we saw or heard growing up, like you were saying, you had Depression-era parents. I did as well, and as did my husband, and we saw certain ways that, they're, that they saved or didn't spend money or did spend money. Uh, and the funny thing is it's also about how we interpret them. 
because you can have siblings in the same family or polar opposites, right. even though they have the same parents. So we can't necessarily blame our parents for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know, easier. I know. We all have that unique perspective, don't we? Yeah, and it's it's really looking at what is in there um, in terms of these beliefs that affect how we make decisions. And absolutely, if you're afraid all the time that money's not going to be there for you, even if you have it, you're going to live as if you don't. And it's almost as bad as not having it. And you know, I also have people that will say, oh, gosh, if I just had a little bit more, everything would be okay if I made a little bit more money at work or my business did a little bit better, I just had more money in the bank. And the truth is that once you get past a certain level of security, it doesn't increase our happiness levels to have more money. That's shocking to people. Mm, that is surprising. And yet we walk around thinking, geez, if, if we could just comfortably afford the mortgage, if we could just comfortably afford just one, one vacation a year or to send our kids to college, we'd be so happy. What's, why is that not true? What goes on? It comes down to this core level of really um, being aware about what truly makes us happy. And it's usually not the stuff that we have. And studies on happiness have shown that buying a material purchase, uh, the happiness that we get from that is very short-lived versus having an experience um, or an experience or doing something good for someone else. Now, I'm not trying to say there's not stressful situations that come up for people. I happen to be someone who's a very optimistic, usually happy person. It's easy for me. And I know that sometimes there's very stressful situations that come up for people. Part of it is to realize that the internal work we do and what we say and what we think is what really causes change, one of the things that causes change to happen. We'll talk a little bit later if we have time about taking action on things. But if someone is so afraid of what's going to happen and so stuck in fear, it's really hard to see opportunities that are out there or, or see a way out of a situation. And usually mm -hmm. when people can calm themselves down, then all, all sorts of opportunities arise, and it's much easier for them to find a way to fund education or to find the perfect home that's appropriate based on someone's income level. Or the, or the next job or the next client, whatever it is for someone. And so if these belief systems, we have just about two minutes to the break, so we may not be able to complete this answer altogether, but if these belief systems are there since childhood or created by um, traumatic events, like, like making huge mistakes with your money and, and losing everything in your past and, and lack of forgiveness around those things, how do we change that? Well, some ways, if, sometimes it can be as easy as recognizing it. I'll just give you an example from my own situation. In my house, both my parents worked, but my mom's work was really all about her being engaged and interested and didn't have anything to do with our financial situation in our household. My dad, that was his job. So fast forward, I'm in my 20s. I have all these degrees after my name and CPA and CFP, and I uncovered that I was walking around with the belief that that was my husband's job. And further, that I couldn't do it, which didn't make any logical sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, was, I really got clear. I'm like, oh, my God. So sometimes yeah. it's just even uncovering a belief we have and realizing it's, it's just because we believe it doesn't mean it's true. 
Right. Sometimes just asking yourself, you know, is this a rational belief or an irrational belief? Is this really true? That kind of thing. Questions like that. I ask my clients those questions as well all the time. And and, and sometimes just the realization that it's kind of a, a crazy thought um, just helps you to shift it. At this Make It Happen event that we did on Friday, you know, we had people share their gremlins, we call them, and ask what they learned. And they said, it's crazy. What am I thinking? <laughs> So that does help. We'll be right back with Ellen Rogan after this break. You're listening to The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's The Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman, Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with abundance activist Ellen Rogan. She's also the author of Great With Money, Six Steps to Lifetime Success and Prosperity. You make it sound so wonderfully and blissfully easy, Ellen. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So, I think people decide, make a decision that it's hard. <laughs> I know. I mean, what, if it, what if it could be easy? Like, what if it really was? Or people believed it was, wouldn't it just be easier? 
I know. I was just having that conversation with someone the other day about how much easier it is for some people to stay in the negative and they see that it's really, really hard work to feel optimistic and to stay in that up space or they suspect that something's going to go wrong. So why should I spend my, my time in that happy space, you know? So some people do see it as easy and, and as difficult. And as we were saying, going into break, it could simply be, um, you know, a flip of a switch for some. Yeah, it's really, um, you know, I, starting to identify and just being conscious that, um, A, there's the possibility that they could actually really be good with money. Uh, I see this particularly with women, that though they've been brought up, I'm generalizing now, right, so not all women, that they think right. that it has been an area that they haven't been good at, they don't want to do it, it's boring, and as a result, I think they think they're not good with money. But here's the thing. Studies on investing have shown that women are actually better investors than men. They see the long game in investing. They tend to be less reactive, and they have better results. And we know that women business owners, um, in general, are more successful than men business owners starting their businesses. So it's a false, it's a false belief to think that we're not good at it. It's just finding a way that we can make it interesting and, uh, and fun and use some of the skills that we haven't traditionally thought of as financial skills but are really, really uh, uh, impactful in terms of making a difference. So, you know, we're talking about generalizing a little bit. I'd love to go a little bit deeper into that. What about generations, Ellen? Do you work with people of different generations? And are you seeing that belief system diminishing in women especially? Boy, Marla, I wish I could tell you. I would have thought that young women, women in their 20s, would have a totally different viewpoint on this. Right. And we did a focus group to talk to speak to these young women about what they're in, what was what was up with money, what, how they, would they like to learn? And granted, this was a small focus group, but I have to tell you, I was so upset after that evening. I had one woman there who told all the other women at the table, "You know, men are just better at this than women," which oh. we just talked about is so not true. How appalling! They were already in their 20s deferring um, a lot of the financial responsibility to guys in their life, the guy at work, their fiancé, their boyfriend. Um, and I, I'm hoping this isn't really indicative of, of, you know, everything or all women that age. But some of it had to do, I think, honestly, with um, their mom and what they learned from them and what they saw from them. I mean, the way we learn as kids is not just from what we are directly taught by our parents, but from what we see. And, you know, some of these kids were still feeling like it was really fine to be supported by their parents still, even though they were employed, and sure. thought it was okay that their moms hid bags in the trunk so dad wouldn't see what they spent money on. I mean, just things that weren't very healthy in terms of attitudes. So it might be different, and I I would expect in terms of earning potential, they would be different. But in terms of really being responsible with their money, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. 
Yeah, there is. And I think that's a great reminder to parents out there to, to really step back and look at your belief systems around money and, and of other things, of course, but specifically money here today. And, and think about what you're teaching your children, especially your daughters. Well, and especially your sons. You know, um, there are, I work with a lot of women who are ready for a change in their lives and, and perhaps uh, anticipating divorce. And they know nothing about their household's financial situation. And, um, you know, they'll say things like, well, my husband never let me. And, uh, you know, take the responsibility and, and change that now. I, I think even if you're not anticipating a divorce, I think it's important for women everywhere to be aware of the financial, um, you know, how, how the money is spent in the household and what it costs to live and where that money is going. That would be analogous to someone saying, well, I can't take care of myself physically. You know, someone else is doing that for me. Right. <laughs> and you could never say, you might not always be so responsible, right? Sometimes we eat things that aren't good for us. or we, But to, to totally abdicate all that responsibility to someone else is, we really, we know that we have responsibility. Same thing with our money and our mindset about money. And um, I see it happen all the time in couples, and it's not always the woman that's abdicating. And sometimes I have um, seen where the woman knows everything and the guy doesn't know anything. And to really be in a good partnership, you can divide the task, but everybody needs to know what's going on. Because something could happen. It might not be a divorce. It might be an untimely death or, right. you know, who, who knows? And someone needs to step in and at least know what's going on and where all the important documents are and be able to step in if you need to, for sure. So, most people, Ellen, I think, are, are aware when they're stuck, when they've got this money story, I call it, that just is not serving them. Um, how, how can people step into an awareness that there's potential for change, that no matter how stuck you feel, things can change? Some of it is taking action, and it's not just action in the financial planning sense, like we were just talking about knowing what's coming in and what's going out, but it's taking action and responsibility for all the ways that we take in financial information. So one thing that is really important is to limit the amount of financial news that you're taking in, any kind of news. I know that sounds counterintuitive. I want people to know what's going on in the world, but too much of watching what's happening in the markets or the financial world, besides might feel, you might feel confused by it, it actually is anxiety-producing. I mean, if you think about how these TV shows, these financial shows make money, it's by selling advertising. And if they were calm and explained to people what was really going on, it wouldn't be that interesting. People wouldn't turn in, tune in all that. So there has to be controversy and different opinions. And studies have found that uh, when people pay too much attention to what's going on in the media, they actually have worse results in terms of their investment. So the first thing would be just turn off the TV. That's um, huge. And to find, you know, good news out there, which is there. <laughs> One of the resources yeah. I like to send people to is um, thegoodnewsnetwork.org. They actually have real news, but it's just good news. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that resource, goodnewsnetwork.org. Yeah. Yeah, and Thanks. another technique I like using personally and I recommend other people, and this falls under the it could be that easy 
recommendation. <laughs> yeah. If I catch myself having a negative thought or a scarcity thought, because I know our thoughts are energy that draw things to us, that if I think something like, oh, my God, what if business goes down or what if the markets keep going down, whatever thought is scary, I'll say to myself, cancel clear. Cancel that thought away and clear it away. I do not want to put any energy or attention to that thought. So I'm very aware if there's a negative thought, cancel clear. Get rid of it. Yeah, I like that. Taking yourself to that that higher frequency, that vibration that um, is closer to abundance rather than, than lack. Yeah. What, what are your belief systems around things like vision boards, Ellen? Oh, I'm... Um, I'm a big proponent, I'm actually writing another book that talks about using some of those tools actually in a financial planning way. We think in pictures, right? So when we can create, whether it's a vision board or you put a picture in front of you or you're visualizing your internal visioning processes, which is something I use all the time, we're programming our brain to start to see opportunities. You know, in the base of our skull, there's something in our brain, there's something called the reticular activating system, the RAS. And what this does is it helps us filter information so we know when things are important. For example, if you're at a party, Marla, and noisy, but someone calls your name from across the room, you hear that, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that that's something important. So we can, most of us are reactive with our RAS and we kind of get pulled in different directions. But we can actually be proactive, and by doing a vision board or a visualization process, you're starting to train your brain to see opportunities. And then that's when we kind of wake up where we'll have a synchronistic event. All of a sudden you run into someone you haven't seen, and it turns into an opportunity, or you're woke in the middle of the night with this amazing idea of how to solve a problem. And, uh, and so... I think it's probably as important as what most of the financial industry talks about in terms of knowing what money's going in, paying yourself first, and all those things that are good advice. But we need to do the internal work as well to make things much easier for ourselves. Yeah, I agree. We um, at Make It Happen on Friday, we taught our audience all about the reticular activating system and, and how it works and couples with the unconscious mind. And, and it was, I was really surprised but pleased that no one in the room of nearly 100 women had ever heard of the, the, the RAS or what we were calling the RAS. And uh, I think this is really important information to get out there. So, so thanks for bringing that to our attention today. We're going into another break, and uh, we're talking about money here today. And I want to make sure that you all know about today's Inc. article over on Inc.com, Five Ways um, of Raising Capital, Five Ways It's Changing. You know, you can advertise for capital now, which is really, really exciting. And there are some, some things going into place today. Uh, and I talk about that over on Inc. So just go on to Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. And if you're a small business owner, um, there are some good little nuggets in there for you. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with author Ellen Rogan. And we'll talk more about your money mindset and bringing prosperity into your life.
unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on TogiNet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today with Ellen Rogan. And going into break, Ellen, we were talking about vision boards and um, the reticular activating system and, and how there's actually brain science behind what many call law of attraction. And you have actually developed a process for bringing goals and visions into reality. Uh, Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? I'd love to. This is called the Great With Money Prosperity Formula, and it's a four-step system for really creating any goal in your life. I encourage people to look at this in their financial lives, but you can use it for getting a new job, getting the perfect wedding dress, whatever it is that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so the first step is really to think about what it is that you want. I mean, I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes people are just not clear on what it is they truly want. They know what they don't want, which maybe is a good place to figure out what they do want. But to think about what it is that they would love to have happen, love to have in their lives, whatever that goal is. Um, And the second step is to then begin to picture it in their mind's eye. So a lot of, you know, kids are so great at this, right, at imagining what they want to have happen. I just had this flashback Mm -hmm. of me imagining I was like Tabitha and Bewitched and being able to (laughs) (laughs) things in my 
my guy clean up my room or clean up my room like Mary Poppins did, right? But we can <laughs> yeah. be awesome at that. And we kind of lose that skill a little bit of adults, or we or we think it's bad to like daydream or picture things. It's actually beautiful, wonderful thing for us to do. And so I love to do this uh, with my eyes closed. I usually do it after I meditate, so I'm very calm, but you don't have to do that. And in my mind's eye picture, what I want to have happen is if it's happening in the current moment, and I go into as much detail as I can. Who's there with me? What are they saying? What am I saying to them? And, and using that screen in my mind is really a way to mentally rehearse what I want to have happen. And the third step is in that process of visioning is to really feel the emotions that I'll feel as if this is occurring right now. Um, and so it would be, is it joy or excitement or calm or peace? If this were happening, how would you feel? Now, you might not know because maybe it's something that hasn't happened before. So if it's, you know, you want to go bungee jumping in New Zealand and you've never done that before, so you don't know how it would feel. <laughs> Maybe you can think about another time when you were had that kind of excitement, something else you did that was daring or you'd always thought about doing and how that would feel. And the last step is to, when you're done with that visioning process, to come up with a declarative statement saying exactly what you want to have happen. Now, I want to um, share a couple or at least one quick story on this. I'm in the middle of training for the Chicago Marathon right now. It's on October 13th. How exciting and for you. I, yeah, well, I said to someone today, it's kind of like childbirth. You forget how painful it is. So you do uh -huh. it again. <laughs> the last one I ran was 13 years ago. And um, this would actually be my fifth marathon, but I have these big spurts of time, big blocks of time in between. One of the things that I have done with each successive marathon was clarify my declarative statement. So the first one I ran, and my goal was I want to finish. Well, I did finish, but it was a miserable experience. I hated it. The next time I wanted to have fun, and I did. I met this great woman from Madison, but it was boring to train for. So the next time I made this declaration, I run and train for the Chicago Marathon with joy, ease, and camaraderie. And then I did that. It was awesome. Four days later, I passed a kidney stone. <laughs> so oh then I added good health and recover from. So the funny thing is, this year, my, you know, so I run and train for recover from the Chicago Marathon with joy, ease, camaraderie, and good health. And I'm sharing this with a guy in my running group. And as I'm saying it out loud, I realized that my pace leader's name is Joy. So this whole time oh. I'm picturing running with joy, ease, camaraderie, and it was really literal. So we have to be very careful. Yeah, we have to make <laughs> to sure we cover all of our bases. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. But, well, but this works, you know, when I give workshops or presentations, I do this, I actually walk people through this activity, and I've had people tell me really wonderful things that have happened afterwards. I actually had a woman, this has only happened once, so there's no promises with this, but the next, she had been out of work for three years, and she got a job the very next morning. She actually woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't sleep, got on her computer, put an um, application in, and the very next morning got a phone call. Wow. Now, the wow. important thing about this, yeah, that's so awesome, right? The important thing is I'm not just talking about visioning. I'm talking about visioning to pave the way to take action. 
Now, if all I did was picture running in the Chicago Marathon and didn't do any training, it'd be pretty hard. Maybe not impossible, but I'm out there running, you know, three or four or five times a week to get ready for this race. And same thing, if this woman just pictured a job but sat in her house and didn't do anything, a lot harder than if we take action. Yeah. benefits of yeah. this picturing is that it makes it so much easier and also allows us, as we were talking about before, for our reticular activating system to really start to see those opportunities that are there waiting for us. It's like that red convertible that you start seeing on the corner, you know, every day after you start imagining and spending time with that vision and stepping into the emotion and the feelings behind having your very own red convertible. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love stories like those. I recall uh, one time I worked with a client whose husband got a transfer and he had to move without her because the house here wasn't selling. And it had been six months, and as you can imagine, it was causing such a financial drain. And so I said, you know, I, I want you to take out your real estate listing of that house, and I want you to write sold across the house, just like they do once it's sold, and they keep that listing up, and she did. And I said, spend, you know, two minutes, as often as you can throughout the day, just imagining that that's that is, that it, it is so, and you walk up to the refrigerator and you're reminded, wow, this house is sold, I get to go, you know, be with my husband, and, and that house sold within the week after six months wow. of being on the market, yeah, so. Wow. See, we're so I think, powerful, it's so fun that yeah. way, and because it's not, like, rational and logical, people are like, ah, you know, if, if, it, if they haven't experienced themselves, but it's so cool when that stuff happens. And the more we do this, the easier it is to make that happen. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It's a matter of, of flipping a switch and just believing and stepping into that receptive state instead of that state of resistance. And uh, I think that, you know, one other way to do that is to be in a state of giving and receptivity. How important is, is giving to you know, the, the, the goal of, of gaining abundance. So giving and receiving are this, that process are really at the engine of what I call the prosperity circle. It's six steps, and we've talked about several of them today, to bringing more prosperity into your life. And um, what I saw happen during the depths of the recession, Marla, is that people were hanging on so tightly to what they had um, imagine your, your fists are clenched, right? They were so afraid to give, and whether they were charitable before or helpful, they were so scared. And if your hands are clenched in a fist, you can't really receive, right? And if you're right. always on the opposite side, always giving, 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 whether it's your time and attention or money, the more than you should, and your hands are always open and never closed, you can't receive. But they're both important. They're really the same thing. They're just the two sides of the, of the same coin. And we need really to have both of them. Um, one of the, I think, biggest secrets to prosperity is to be a generous giver. So many of the listeners, I'm sure, have heard this concept of pay yourself first and save automatically, which I think is a beautiful strategy and really important. I also believe that people should set up an automatic giving strategy where a percentage of their income is is shared with whoever, whatever's important to them. It could be a family friend, it could be a charity, it could be the arts, whatever speaks to them. 
Because what this allows us to do is really internalize there's more than enough. You know, my family and I have done work in Ghana. I've been there several times. And when I think about what people here struggle with compared to what people there struggle with, Everyone listening here, I imagine, is in a much, much better situation. We really all are okay, and maybe you want to be more okay in other ways, but it's important, it's important to give for lots of reasons to make a difference in the world and also to free up our energy around hanging on so tightly to what we have. Um, there's lots of stories where people have been generous givers and then all of a sudden something come back, comes back to them, and not always from the same place. So from a business perspective, one of my favorite strategies is if I want more business, then I give more business. I'm a, I'm a dedicated referral giver. And then all of a sudden, my phone will ring, and there'll be a new opportunity. And it's usually not from the person I gave to. So it's this idea mm-hmm. of what goes around comes around. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in, in, I go to a wonderful um, Unity Church community with, with Reverend Kitty Benson here in Naperville, and she we're in this prosperity track right now, and she did this little exercise. The four of us went up front, and she gave us each little cups of, of coins, and she said, um, I want you to get as much money as you can. And, of course, you know, the exercise was, was stressful, you know, because we're all grabbing and, and kind of being out of character. And, and, and then she said, okay, I want you to give away as much money as you can now. But if someone offers you money, you can't say no. You need to take it. And, you know, just the fluidity and the open-heartedness and the abundance that was demonstrated by that simple exercise was just really fun and, and I think, eye-opening for a lot of people. So... To remember to give, give again, give, give, take, be in that receptive and that accepting and giving mode is very important. So we're going into our final break already. I can't believe how quickly this is happening. And uh, if you want to learn more about Ellen, go on over to her website at ellenrogan.com. That's E-L-L-E-N-R-O-G-I-N.com. EllenRogan.com and learn more about America's Abundance Activist. I think that's just an absolutely charming title that you've given yourself, Ellen. <laughs> Thank you. So we will be back from this break in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka, and I look forward to seeing you back here in just a couple. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Why is religion such a thorny issue in our society and the world? And why has religion often become a source to divide people rather than unite? Frank Talk with Dr. Ajaz is a forum for civil dialogue on religion and wellness on Toginet Radio. Dr. Ajaz Nakvi invites leaders and activists from all walks of life and faith to engage in a civil discussion on religion and current events. Join us for Frank Talk with Dr. Ajaz every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. 
Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy, and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day. With the Gold Medal Success Show, each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Thanks for joining us today. We're here with Ellen Rogan. And, uh, you know, Ellen, while we were in break, I was looking around my office. And I'm going to confess that because I've been in sort of a different state for the last, actually, several months planning uh, Make It Happen. And, and last week was just, in many ways, a little more out of control than I like to feel because you never know what's going to come up when you're planning a live event with 100 women in the room and sponsors and such. My, my office space, my desk space is a, is a little bit cluttered and it's, it's got me feeling a little bit stressed. Does that block the flow of abundance in your opinion? People don't think of clutter as really something that would have anything to do with money or abundance, but I've seen over and over that it actually does. Uh, it, it keeps, what happens when we have clutter, especially physical clutter in front of us, it, it draws our attention and it keeps us from the ability to do the focusing that you and I have been talking about is so important. Mm-hmm. So when there's papers around, I'm honestly looking at my desk right now, right? So it's, <laughs> oh, I need to do that or something. It reminds us of the things we we have yet to do and keeps us from really focusing. Uh, there's also, I want to point out, mental clutter that people have, especially around their money. So these are things that we did and wish we hadn't done or things we haven't done and know we have to. So I see a lot it's estate planning for people. Oh, I know I need to get that will done. Or maybe it's tax returns. October 15th is coming up quickly. So if people haven't filed their 2012 tax return, they just have a couple of weeks left to do that. So, And when we have that type of clutter, it's stress-inducing and doesn't allow us to feel like we're moving ahead. Now, what happens is when people actually clear up this clutter, things start flowing in the way they want them to. Um, I use this technique a lot in terms of clearing clutter when, especially when I'm feeling like there's things that are happening that I can't control. So I think back to 2008, 2009 when the markets were dropping, you know, so quickly. Well, I couldn't control that. I'd like to think I could, but I couldn't. (laughs) So what I could control or feel more in control was I cleaned off my desk and I started to track things in a more organized way. And that helped me feel much more calm and then helped, I, you know, my businesses actually usually grow during a recession 
because I'm able to see opportunities that are out there. Um, so, and when we go back to thinking about when we were talking a little bit earlier about giving and receiving, sometimes our clutter isn't just the paper clutter we have, it's just we have too much stuff. And what a beautiful way to give to someone who's less fortunate or could, would really love the things you're no longer using than to give them away. Give them to someone that's really going to use them. It feels so good. Um, I would also say I've had situations in my office where just something isn't, things are, are not working, there's, there was a problem, and the second I cleaned off my desk and got organized, the problems resolved and new business started flowing in. So no wow. rational explanation for this, but I know from personal experience and experience that other people have had that it really works. Yeah. Well, I think it's very similar to, you know, we were talking earlier about the RAS, that when we clear our physical space clutter, it allows us to move into that state that we're not being resistant and we're being more receptive and more aware of opportunities that may arise. You know, for me, when I see my desk looking the way it does today, I, I just really can't concentrate on much more. But like what you said, oh, all these things I have to do, you know. Right. So, so yeah. Right. Wonderful. And it could be email box clutter or financial paper clutter. And it just feels so good get this done and there's if it's if, for people that this is really a challenge for then find a find a professional organizer you know mm -hmm. there's people out there that can help with this yeah and you mentioned the, the mental clutter too and we talked a little bit about breathing um what one of the other ways of course to clear the mental clutter is is through meditation but i'm sure that like me in my practice you get a lot of pushback around that i don't know how to meditate i don't have the time to meditate how do you respond to that pushback well i would say my meditation my meditation teacher said to me if you don't have time to meditate, you're too busy. <laughs> and what the other thing that I got from personal experience is that when I meditate, I have more time because yes. I'm so much more present. I mean, by, this is by far the best thing that I do for my um, personal happiness and my business success is to meditate. I know that sounds silly, but the analogy I make, I... Um, usually have so many programs open on my computer at the same time that eventually my computer gets mad and just stops working on me. Right. And so I have to reboot the computer, right? I have to restart. And that's what we're doing when we're meditating. We have something like 60,000 thoughts a day, and many of them are not positive. Or they could be scarcity thoughts like we were talking about before. Well, by meditating and taking a break, we start to be able to be a little more calm. You know, I like to say worry is not a financial planning strategy. But sometimes people are so stuck in that stress that they can't see their way out. And, and meditating and even just taking a breath, right? It oxygenates our brain. It makes us think more clearly. Um, yeah. A couple of resources for people who want to get started on meditation and they're not ready to have a big... I'm, I actually recently just um, took Transcendental Meditation training up here in Evanston. It's a bigger commitment, and it's been awesome. But there's free um, training. If someone just wants to get started, there's a website called calm.com that has really great free. There's an app 
as well. There's a website called meditainment.com where there's a bunch of free um, guided visualizations, meditations, and then for a small charge you can get access to their whole library. I actually, on my website, ellenrogan.com, can download a free prosperity flow meditation. So there's lots of resources out there, and if people just start playing with this and make a commitment for a while, they will absolutely see the differences. Yeah, they they, they absolutely will. And, uh, you know, I, I like to use an analogy of, you know, how many times have you walked downstairs to get something, and when you get down there, you either go a totally different direction or you totally forget what you went down there for. And, and that's an example of not living in the moment, not being present. And for me, meditation really helps me to eliminate that kind of behavior and to stay to stay much more grounded and uh, and so that one minute that turns into three to five minutes because I've forgotten I've gotten preoccupied then I get frustrated then I get distracted from what I'm doing you know you can just be so much more productive if you're on a regular meditation routine absolutely I was thinking when you said walking downstairs I've actually been in the shower and forgot if I washed my hair or not. Oh, oh I know. Oh, I know. Me too. You come out and you geez, did I go through the whole routine here or not? Yeah, I know. And so that, you know, that that's something. But when that happens, it's really great because that's our body and our mind sending us signals that something needs our attention and that we need to change right. something. And, you know, these negative emotions we get, you know, people think, oh, you know, I feel so awful, these are horrible. Well, but what it really means is that it's a barometer and that those negative emotions are saying, okay, you got to change something, just heads up here, and, and we can create change. We can create change in ways that are easier than we could imagine. And, and I, it, you know, everything I know you teach your people and we've been talking about today are not ways that people think traditionally in the financial area, but it works right. in every other area of our life. There's no reason it can't work in our financial lives. Well, and I love, Ellen, that, that you're doing both, that you teach people money management and you teach people money mindset. And I have to say that's just a, a rare gift and, um, you know, it just makes you, I think, really special in your industry because it's not often you can go to somebody who, who can teach you, you know, both types of management skills. So tell us a little bit about um, who, who comes to see you. Are, are you still doing um, those tax returns and such? Oh, I never did tax returns. I was a CPA and couldn't wait to get them recovering. <laughs> ah, good, okay. Yeah, we we have a wealth management practice up on the North Shore of Chicago, um, and uh, I work with people that you know are looking to get from where they are to where they want to be. Most of my clients are really really good savers, and I tend to work with a lot of women as well. It's kind of my sweet spot. And then I also do, um, you know, as as part of that's part of my business, and then I also do speaking and writing as well so all about that and we have lots of resources I would like to say for your listeners on on our website ellenrogan.com there are tons of resources and articles that can be really helpful for people um, and I encourage them to take advantage of those they're free and I love to get this information out for people 
Great. And Ellen, you had mentioned that you have uh, some audios as a gift today for our listening audience. Yes, I do. If um, people go to Ellen Rogan, E-L-L-E-N-R-O-G-I-N.com, and then forward slash prosperity dash gift, prosperity dash gift, they can download seven audios which take people through the six steps of the prosperity process. And you guys already know the secret engine, that giving and receiving engine. We talk about that as well. So those are there. Um, just go to the website and you can download them and get a whole lot more information than we had time to go into today. Well, that's very, very generous, Ellen. Thank you for being on the show. Is there any last thought you'd like to leave our audience with before we say goodbye? To expect lavish abundance in your life every day mm -hmm. and know that it's there just waiting for you. I love that. and that We don't have to figure out all those answers, do we? I love it. <laughs> Ellen Rogan, thank you so much for joining us on the Million Dollar Mindset. I look forward to speaking to you again. And uh, again, everyone, you can go to Ellen Rogan, R-O-G-I-N.com and learn more about Ellen. And I always look forward to your feedback and your requests and, and what you want to hear about here on the Million Dollar Mindset. And so please contact me at Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. That's T-A-B-A-K-A, -A -A, Marla at MarlaTabaka.com. And please don't forget to hop on over to Inc. Magazine at Inc.com. And just uh, search for me, Marla Tabaka, or go directly to my page, which is Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco. I look forward to seeing you next week here on the Million Dollar Mindset. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there,